Hey, yo, and here we go. Another episode of We Talk Music is on the air and in your ear. Once again, I am Martin. I have with me the king of the casters, Mr. Brett Podcast. And Brett, I know we're both very excited for today's guest. Well, that's right. We're always excited to bring on uh, somebody who is a living legend and somebody who really can crush everything when it comes to singing. Uh, we have from the Graham Bonnet band, Graham Bonnet himself. Uh, his new album, Day Out in Nowhere, is coming out May 13th of this year, and it's a killer album. Graham, how are you? I'm uh, taken aback by that huge compliment. That's incredible. Thank you. That's right. Yeah, that's what we're going through. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> well, well, that's what I thought. I mean, after listening to the album, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you're okay because because your singing is is as good as it's ever been, um, and lyrically, the album is intense. I'll say. Well, um, that's something. The lyrics are something I always take a long time over writing. You know, sometimes it's hard to find a subject. Uh, I'm running out of subjects right now, so if you've got a list, send me in, you know, what can I write a song about? And uh, most I like to write from, you know, real sort of life experiences, you know, uh, or something I've seen on TV, whatever it may be. Um, So thank you for that, because that takes up a lot of the time. The melodies kind of come first, you know, la, 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 and then the, uh, the lyric. Then the lyric has to sit properly with the melody. You've got to be careful how many syllables you use, things like that, how the word sounds, all that take into consideration before you actually, you know, put the track down. I usually change tracks as I'm going along, change a certain word, even though it might be the or and, it doesn't sing right somehow, you know. So with this one, I really took a lot of time. So I'm glad you appreciate that. How how long then? How long do you have to like go through a song before you feel like you kind of have it right? Oh God, it, it depends. I sometimes it's like God, it weeks. Sometimes I get an idea. You know, I, I sometimes get a title from something or other I've seen or heard on TV or the radio or whatever, and I think, oh, that's it. Or somebody will say something, a phrase. You know, like one of my friends said once, winter's. Yeah, you've still got your winter skin. I thought, oh, what a great title. You know, things like that. When people say something just casually, um, it takes a long time. And I have been on this one song that I'm writing right now for three weeks. And, you know, it's um, <laughs> it shouldn't be that hard after all this time of, you know, writing songs. But it is for me because uh, I always have to have the words perfect for me to sing. You know, and they're not always perfect. I don't always come up with the perfect lines. And I know that they're in there somewhere. And uh, I search for that and then write it down and write it nicely instead of all scribble. <laughs> but it does take a long time. It's, uh, you know, but the, 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 um, the melody comes reasonably quickly. You know, if I get a, a track from, say, like Jeff Loomis, uh, you know, the guitar player, I, I work out what the chords are first and I play the chords to myself then work out what the melody should be, you know. So um, things like that, little details. Oh, it's oh, this one's in E, this one's in F, this one's in A, you know. The, the, then sort of take it away. I like to take the melody away from the root note of the chord, you know what I mean? So it can, can be a bit unusual sometimes. I always try different things just to try and make songs sound different in a way because... What, what does happen with guitar players, unfortunately, they play an E, which is 
you know, incorporates a low E string and A, E and A. And I go, oh shit, not again. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not in e, anything but E, you know. So E comes the ring, you know, it's, guitar players love E, you know. And then there's a, the drop D, which is another thing. So they do a drop D on the E string. So it gets a bit complicated sometimes to actually think of something new for me to do because, because it's when, within that chord, within the same uh, vocal uh, you know, uh, range, you know what I mean? So um, it, sometimes the song comes quickly, sometimes it doesn't. But it's always, always hopefully good when you finish and you're really proud of it. And I'm very proud of what we've done on uh, this album. I think I, uh, I out uh, did myself a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> after, after all, it's just a freaking song. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, I think you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. I, hope. I, yeah. I, love, I love that song, Just a Freaking Song. Like, that is amazing. It's just a freaking song. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, that's what it's about. And, and um, you know, you sit there and go, oh, fucking hell, what can I make this up about? And that's what happened. I went, I was sitting there and looking at this blank paper and going, uh, I've, got the, I've got the thing playing, Don's part is, you know, his part is organ part. And I'm going, what? Oh, it's just a freaking song, just a fucking song. And ah, oh, it's just so because <laughs> it per perfectly fit with a little bit you like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that's it. And so that's basically about how to write a song or not to write a song, you know, because the the, uh, the blank paper mocks you, you know, and um, it, it takes you, let's see, as I was saying, sometimes about two weeks to actually finish a song. And then when you have finished it, you think, but, but the song's only three minutes long. After all the, all the work you put into that, it's only three fucking minutes. <laughs> and nobody realizes that, except I do, you know. <laughs> but it, it's, it isn't written in three minutes. It's written in three weeks sometimes, you know. <laughs> so it's just a freaking song. <laughs> now, do, you, uh, do you enjoy the process of being in the, you know, uh, the studio and crafting these songs, or is it kind of just work? Yeah, I enjoy it very much. It's a, it's a challenge, you know, every, every time to come up with a different subject, for, for instance, and to come up with a different melody, you know, so I really do. It's really good for the old brain, you know, and I have a very old brain at the moment, you know, <laughs> and I, you know, my brain is still working pretty well, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of it. So it's, uh, it, it is, it's, it's good fun. I, I like words. I like the way the words sound. I like the way words sing, you know, and then, uh, the whole thing. I was always interested in words when I was at school. Words. <laughs> now, when you're being produced, like in this case, so Con Conrado and Beth Amy uh, produce the album. Like when you're when they produce you, like are they challenging you to do more? Uh, no, no, sometimes, yeah. Huh? What do you say? Oh, yeah. And Beth is just, she's sitting right here looking at me. She said, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, not, not that much. Uh, there might, um, I, th I think Bethany changed the word in one song. That, uh, what was it? Oh, in Jester. Oh, in a song called Jester. She yes. said, change that one word because yeah. it's too obvious. It makes, and I changed the word from uh, yellow to twisted. It was, it's about Donald Trump. And I'm talking about, uh, what's, the, what's the line? I can't remember what the line is. Uh, oh, standing on a standing on a tightrope with this with this yellow man. I, I wrote standing on the tightrope with this yellow man. She said, "No, you can't write that. 
That's too obvious. They'll know straight away it's Donald Trump. So she said, say twisted. But I mean, as the song goes on, you realize there are other things that Donald Trump is. And, it, <laughs> and it's in the song. It's sort of a, it's a comedy song. <laughs> anyway, you, you know by the end it's Donald Trump. But at the beginning, you don't, not from the first line. So yeah, it's a challenge sometimes, and uh, but I enjoy the challenge. It takes up a lot of my days. You know? Yeah. You also have a lot of other guests on here. I mean, I mean, of course, Don Aries' work, which is spectacular. But I mean, Roy Z, one of my favorites. I mean, John Tempesta, Mike Tempesta, Jeff Loomis. I mean, wow. Like, where yeah. did what brought in all these guests? Well, well, John, John and Mike here are friends of ours. Uh, they live not too far from here, um, the Tempestas. Um, but um, the other guys were brought in by uh, Conrado Pesonado, our guitar player, who kind of knows everybody and goes out to clubs all the time and sees shows, which I don't. Um, and he gathers these musicians and will uh, sort of say, would you like to go and play on our album, sort of thing. And that's where they come from. But uh, they, I'm glad to say these people that we did bring in a bit, be, become, uh, you know, friends of mine now, you know, like Roy and, um, you know, uh, uh, Jeff Loomis, uh, who I'm writing songs with now, Jeff, for, for another album. Musically, they bring so much energy to the project. Do you yeah. feel kind of a pressure to match that energy? Because you do. But yeah. it, it can't be easy. No, it's not. No, I, I know what you're saying, because is this a really hard sounding song? And I can't use soft words like, you know, that's, yeah, that's the challenge. Yeah, I listen to it. And I go, what does this make me think of? You know, what does this sound make me think of? Uh, nothing. <laughs> I've got to think about it. Um, well, it does sound like something. Does it sound like an animal? Does it sound like something or other? You know, that, that's a, it is a challenge to make the words as hard or as soft as the track in certain parts of the track, you know, so it varies throughout the song, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a game, it's a good game, but, you know. <laughs> now, I mean, the last time we talked to you was in 2018 with uh, Meanwhile Back at the Garage, and, the, and then, of course, you had the Alcatraz album. So, like, what's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's quite a few albums for you in a row. I mean, what, what do you attribute all the, the creative output of the last six years? Oh, blimey. Um, I think it's money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good reason. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> it's my job already. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I have to do it. I've got to make money. I've got to make a living. And that's, that's, what, that's the driving force behind most everybody, I think, isn't it? You know, to stay alive, but at the same time, do something that is productive. And uh, hopefully give some joy to people that hear this or your job, whatever your job may be. I was a butcher when I was a kid, but I was a fucking great butcher. I was really <laughs> You should have seen me cut that steak. And, you know, <laughs> but you've got to be good at your job, and I hopefully am good at the job I do. So that's um, what the aim is, you know. So now then, in this case, I mean, you, you, you backed out, of, you've left Alcatraz. Um, what is it that the Graham Bonnet Band provides you that, say, Alcatraz and, and working with others doesn't? Peace. <laughs> Peacefulness. Because the other thing I don't give a shit about right now, um, they, um, the, the manager of that band, the so-called Alcatraz, he left, and then suddenly he came back, 
Um, it's all a, it's a long twisted story. I don't really want to talk about it that much. But we're going through a few problems with them. With um, they want to keep the name Alcatraz. I would like to use the name Alcatraz myself. But uh, I, you know, now I'm playing with better musicians, which is something I wanted to do from the very birth of Alcatraz. There were two guys in the band that weren't very good, and they're still in the band. And um, I said to my manager, can we look for somebody a little better than this keyboard player and this bass player? Because I just come out of a band that had the best of both worlds there. The keyboard player was Don Airy, the bass player was Roger Glover. And this band had a, um, a, a small hit at one time, and we were putting together a band with me that was sort of, um, we weren't like a super group, people who been known for having chart hits or whatever. And we tried to put you know that together. And so my manager said, well, these guys have done this. And they came to uh, rehearse at my house and I wasn't very impressed at all. Um, and I said, well, we've got to find somebody else. He said, but, but we've got to get this album out now. The record company wants you to begin now and get on with this and get it done. And so I had to put up with what I got. And it wasn't to me very good. And uh, it's, uh, something I now have got away from because I'm not with those guys anymore. I left because of it wasn't going anywhere. The music is not good, um, wasn't good. And uh, so I left. <laughs> well, and, and Alessandro Bertoni, um, the guest on keys here, besides Don Airy, of course, he's, he sounds great. Like his, oh, his he work is, yeah. is. Well, that, that's our player. That's our new keyboard player for the Graham Bonnet band. He's fucking fantastic. I'm not talking about those guys, not, not him. I'm talking about whoever's in Alcatraz mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, yeah, they're, for sure. They're, they're, trying, they're fighting to keep the name for themselves and, and make it so that I can't use the name, which is totally shit. That's totally wrong. I started that fucking band in my fucking garage, you know, and the band was built around my Rainbow experience. What I'd done with Rainbow helped get Alcatraz on the road. The name just came out of a hat. But now they're claiming that was theirs because um, Gary Shea, the uh, uh, bass player, took it, you know, I said, what about Alcatraz? He said, oh, that'll be the one. That's the one. That's a good name. Because we went through every name, you know, Cheetah, bloody, uh, you know, Anvil, every hard sounding name we could. And finally, you know, well, Al Alcatraz, uh, yeah, it's a prison. Okay. That sounds okay. But we have to add a Z on the end because of Alcatraz, the island, you know, we'll get uh, sued for that or something. But um, what, what were we talking about? I've lost the track. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I got it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm getting all wound up because that thing is getting on my nerves. And we're going through a, through a little bit of a court case now with them. And I want to use the name Alcatraz, but I call it, you know, my Alcatraz, Graham Bonnet's Alcatraz. They can use the name if they want to, but they're trying to shut me down from using the name at all, which is shit because they don't, they might be able to get the name, but they won't get the music because it's not me. <laughs> and I, I'm not showing off here, but, but if it wasn't for me, that wouldn't sound like it does, the Alcatraz albums. The songs were written by me. I'm singing them. I wrote the words and the, the, some of the, the melodies and some of the music, some of the, you know, the other tracks. And without that, who, who have they got? They've got nobody. They, I, I just, I just, it's, yeah. It's just too much, just too much. I mean, where would uh, Dio be, be without Ronnie Dio? <laughs> 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 oh, man, who's, who's replacing Ronnie Dio? 
it doesn't work that way. You know, and I, I'm very, as you can tell, very angry about this, but it will come to a conclusion where we win in the end, I think. Huh? Where are you going? Oh, okay. I've seen a bit done. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, <laughs> she's kind of, that was Bethany. She's going to pick up uh, her friend <laughs> and a kid from school. Oh, it's all like real. It's real life here, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it's all going on. yeah, things like that happen. You know, oh, well, hey, well, oh okay. Um, yeah, dogs and cats and chickens, bloody hell. It's all going. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, I hope I sort of uh, explain that a bit. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. Now then, when it came to the to the pandemic over the last you know two or three years, how did that impact you specifically? Oh well, you know. It was, terrible i had a rotten time like everybody else did because uh we weren't going out on the road for one thing but what did happen we're writing the new album so that's what i did i started writing this uh, the album uh, that we put out now and uh, that took a while it took a uh, you know probably about a year maybe and uh, but it was something to do while this pandemic thing was going on and it's still going on uh we've got gigs coming up but not many you know, two or three overseas, but um, there might be more added. But everybody's like uh, doing shows and then they're getting shut down because they have to cancel because of the COVID thing. So it's really a bit weird right now because two years of doing nothing, it does make you a bit stale. I, I'm a bit scared about going on stage and singing, you know, because I haven't used my, well, on the album I did, but I haven't used my voice in a live, you know, thing because you're moving around and all that and, you know, you, you know, it's different because you have to move around and be funny or not. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you've got to amuse people somehow. And sometimes the singing is sort of neglected or the playing comes to that. But uh, I know that this man won't, won't the playing won't go anywhere. They, they're really on it. These guys are, I'm so happy with the players I have. They're really, really good. And, uh, and uh, hopefully they'll make me better, you know, because mm -hmm. I try to be good, but the human voice sometimes is the, uh, hard instrument to play you know because of the human body you know whatever yeah. may be happening with it well i mean I, yeah yeah i mean i got to see you um you know whoa i don't even like a few years ago back with the michael shanker fest and you certainly sounded amazing there and i mean what an interesting uh way for you to be able to perform like do a few songs and kind of sing back up and stuff like that yeah how was that for you Oh, that was great. Like you're saying, it's great to sit back and be able to do backing harmonies or whatever, and then come out and do your four songs, whatever it was I did, four, I think. Uh, then I actually have to hammer every song out with no breaks. And that's what was happening with us, with our band. We did 20, 21 songs, and we were on stage for two and a half hours. Back-to-back -back songs. You know, like this. Everything's full, you know. I don't hold back. Nobody sleeps when I'm on kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's all, it always has to be loud. And, you know, that's what is expected of me. And sometimes you're like, oh, fuck, are we near the end yet? Yeah, no, we've got another 10 to do. And that's what, one of the reasons I left this, I left my own band. I, I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to play in E anymore. And uh, I wanted to get away from it and be with people that I love, people that I like, you know. Bethany's my partner and I love her and, you know, she's a great bass player and we, she's a good critique, a critic, 
of, uh, you know, if I slip a bit on words or whatever it may be, vocals, she's there to, you know, back me up. And so is Conrad. He's a fucking great musician, but very underrated. It's a really, really good guitar player. But he doesn't overplay. That's what I like about it. So, yeah. Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> and another thing. And by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think I have that sort of. I was going around the houses a bit, but, you know. <laughs> That's wrong with that. Around the houses, yeah. But yeah, and and you've got some new new players in this case. The, so you've got new uh, new drummer, new keyboardist. Uh, yeah, you know, is it difficult then to replace players when you when you feel comfortable with somebody? No, no, th this was easy because <laughs> this this fucking drummer is a British guy. I mean, he's fucking amazing, and uh, he stayed with. They stayed in this house. He stayed with us for uh, for a week, and uh, really got to know him. Except I can't understand his accent. He's from uh, up, up north, from Newcastle area. So he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes, what? It's a bit like, what do you say? <laughs> his accent's a bit hard to understand. But he's only like, he's 20, I don't know, he's about 26 or something. So he's very young and he's really fucking hungry. And he plays those drums like you wouldn't believe. He's really fantastic. And um, with Alessandro playing the keyboard player, he, he's like, like Don, Don Airy, very similar. In fact, Don wrote to me a couple of days ago. And he said, I like your keyboard player. He's fantastic. And that's from Don Airy. So if he says that, I think we've got a good guy. You know? So these guys are they're so easy to get on with, whereas this other bunch I'm throwing out the window weren't. They just wanted, wanted, I don't know, they wanted to be the old Alcatraz, which doesn't exist anymore. The old Alcatraz is uh, Ingve Malmsteen and me. <laughs> <laughs> the other guys didn't weren't that important, you know. Ingvay was and Steve Vai in the second uh, Alcatraz lineup because they weren't writers. They didn't write the songs. They got a credit on some of the songs because that was what we did just to be polite, you know. Like Cozy Powell, when he played on the Rainbow albums, he didn't write any songs either. But he always got one track he was credited for, you know. So that's what we did with these guys. Because they don't write, they're not writers, and um, unfortunately, the guitar player that's with them is in plays in E. Everything's in fucking E. <laughs> I'm, I'm really getting crap. I'm, I'm probably saying too much here, aren't I? But you know, <laughs> I, I I've got to got to feel comfortable. And this, you know, where I am now, I feel great. I feel really great about who we have as players, and the songs are really good. I think. So, so what the, is it you oh, no, go ahead. So what is it you know today then that you didn't know, say, even five or ten years ago? Um what in uh, in what way? How do you mean? In in anything in, in that you apply to your music or your life. Oh, uh um I should have been more confident in my own talent. I, I know I'm always a bit like, oh, that's not good enough. Uh, but when I'm told by people like you how good it is, it brings me up. I never, I always think it's okay that I could have done better. You know, I've always thought that always. I, today I do, but I, I'm very pleased with this album, you know, because the way it's turned out, you know. Um, but uh, that's, that's all I can think of right now. Would you say then you're your own harshest critic? Yeah. Oh, terrible. 
you know, and Bethany, you know, she wants to hit me over the head sometimes. Because I go, oh, God, oh. Now, I always cringe when I know that when I was singing or something was wrong with my body, I didn't quite make the note I wanted to, or it comes out sounding wrong, you know. And I'm not talking about high notes or anything, but a, a note just might sound wrong, the, the way it's on, on a certain word. I should have done that again and made that word sound like uh, differently. It, it, that sounds silly, but it, I, I picked the songs to pieces. and know oh, I can sing that word right. You know, at the end of that line, that last word, uh, let me do that again. Let me do that line and do the word at the, the end slightly different, you know. So I pick myself to pieces always. But she says, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> she says, you know, she says, you know, that I say, well, I croaked on that. But that's emotion. Uh, oh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> OK, yeah. OK, it is. That's emotion. It's, you know, because you do. You know, obviously, when you're singing, using your whole body and it's to be a singer, it's the hardest instrument to play, the, the human voice. It really is, you know. And um, anybody who's a singer will say the same thing. But you can always tune a guitar or, you know, do this. I can always play a guitar without saying a bloody word all night, you know. But to use your whole body like you do, it's always very difficult. And um, sometimes when you do emote, so to speak, it does sound okay. I remember on the very first. Uh, on the album I did with uh, Rainbow, a uh, Down to Earth album, uh, what was it called? Oh, it's called a song called uh, uh, "Oh Love's No Friend," I think it was. Uh, Love's No Friend of Mine, and uh, there's one line I got. Oh, it croaks, I croak, and I said to Roger, "Oh, hang on, Roger." He was producing Roger Glover. I said, oh, "Hang on, come, let me do that again." He says, "Come here, come here," and I went into the you know the control room. He said, "Just listen to this." I said. He said, that's emotion. I said, well, I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it sounded good, you know, it sounded good because I quote, and it's on the album, folks, and it's there. Now when I listen to it, I go, yeah, he was right. Keep the croak, you know, because you're human, and that's what happens to you sometimes. You get tense, and something inside your body makes you emote, feel, you know, emotional about something, about being sad or whatever, whatever it may be, or happy. When you're happy, you, you sing great. When you said sometimes it, uh, some, you get that little lump in your throat, and that's a, a natural thing, you know. I'm you talking to, rubbish now, but <laughs> no, no, I, it's fascinating to, to hear. I'm it's wondering, hard to, uh, huh? I'm wondering live. Do you um, do you do the same thing? Do you kind of pick apart a performance, or do you are you able to let that go a little bit more easily? No, I never let it go. It's fucking awful. <laughs> if I if I have a crappy <laughs> night, I. I'm, oh, don't talk to me, you know. Well, you can talk to me. Talk me out of it. Talk me out of being upset. If I fuck up, you know, and um, you know, do something wrong in a song, it really you know, gets to me really badly. I, I can't, I can't take criticism too well. Although I do sometimes from my friends, you know, my band, which is okay. But I, but when it's from somebody I don't even know, that's when it kind of hurts sometimes, you know. Because you do get some people who are really nasty. You know, I, I remember when I joined uh, Rainbow, I wasn't Ronnie Dio. And the, 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 the stick I got for that, oh, he's not Ronnie Dio, is he? You know, no, I'm not Ronnie Dio. I'm Graham. I'm, I'm not Ronnie. You know, I'll never be Ronnie. You know, I can't sing. I don't, can't sing like him. I'm not like it. It's like when, when um, Steve Vai joined uh, Alcatraz, he was really scared about following um, Ingrid Malmsteen. And um, 
he said to me one night, he said, I, I can't do this. I can't play like Ian Van Malmsteen. I said, no, you play like, you play like Steve Vai. And that's exactly who he was. And Steve Vai fucking blew everybody away when he played on stage with us. He really did. It was so different from Ingvay. But fucking hell, what a fucking player. What a musician, really. You know. You know for sure. Here under the lesson. <laughs> do you? Yeah, I'm, I'm rambling a bit. I don't know. Oh, oh, don't worry about that. Do you? Does it make any it, sense? I don't know. Absolutely. Do you find it hard then, given that, to to bring people into your confidence? Uh, no. <laughs> they, believe, they try. People trust me. You know, people trust me. And, uh, you know, um, when I said, I remember actually the first gig we did receive. I can't remember. We were opening up for somebody. Um, I think it was girls' school or something, and we're playing at um, uh, not Pal- not Palomino, uh, Palladium or something. I can't remember the name of the theatre. Uh, anyway, it doesn't really matter. And we're opening up for them, opening up for girls' school. There's a thing. And um, <laughs> <laughs> can you believe it? Somebody did. But obviously, it really humbles you when you open. For- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm very humbled by that. And uh, he said to me before he went on stage, he, he was like shaking. And his manager was with him. He had a personal manager. And his, he was like trembling. And um, his manager was with him going, a, a lady, and he, and she said to him, you're going to be okay, Steve. It's okay. I said, Steve, you're Steve Vai. You're fucking great. And he went on, he played a fucking great show. He really did, you know. And um, he's been very confident about, about his playing ever since, as you know. It's all over the place, you know. He didn't need Alcatraz anymore. He really didn't, unfortunately. I'd like to have him longer, but uh, he went through a thousand different bands, you know. I was very upset about that when he left, but, um, you know, money is uh, the main uh, it's the main evil, you know. You go where the money is. And at that, that time, we didn't have any money. So who was it? He went with Whitesnake, I believe, and then David Lee Roth and et cetera. But now he's doing his own thing, you know. Yeah, it's, it's great. I love the album that he made with us. I really do. The second album of Alcatraz. It's fantastic. Well, he's certainly, like, there's nobody else that sounds like him. Nobody. No, no, not at all. And, that, you know, to write songs with him was such a pleasure. It was, it was oh, oh, what happens here? It was all really interesting. Oh, you're going to go there? That's fucking key change there where he goes. And it was like, oh, yeah, it kept me on my toes because it wasn't in need. <laughs> 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 I had to had to go where the chords went. Oh, oh it's another chord after it. Everything's in here, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's fucking great. And uh, he, he says, I, I read an interview once he made a couple of years ago. He said his favorite album was the one he did with us. And uh, I'm glad because it's my favorite album that we made with uh, so called Alcatraz. Yeah. yeah. Now, is that something that you look for with your current band, you know, is just the young, hungry and willing to challenge, not just yeah. you, but but willing to challenge like musical convention in, in any way that they can? Yeah. Well, I mean, Steve would come out of the Frank Zappa band, you know, so he was used to the unusual, you know, which was really great to, for me to um, realize he come from a, a weird band altogether, totally fucking different from us. But a great musician, fucking Frank Zappa and all that, you know, amazing guy, you know. And um, 
she said to me uh, one day, she said, yeah, I love working with Frank. He said, but he taught me something. He said, you know, everything has a note. And I said, what do you mean? He said, everything, every piece of that bed over there, your knee has a note. Oh, that's a G. Is it? <laughs> you know, but, but he was right. Everything does have a note. But you've got to really listen. You've got to listen really fucking hard, I can tell you. Before you pick the note, you find what it, what it is. But, you know, you can hit on. It's about bum, 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 bum. It's about there. You know, the, the wooden floor. So everything has a note. And uh, that was something Frank Zappa taught him. And so that's why his songs were so, they sort of meandered a lot of the time about these things. They went on sometimes too long. We'd have to edit him sometimes. But um, I didn't mind that because uh, it was always interesting. Yeah. Day out of nowhere. Oh, day out of nowhere. <laughs> What's that? Day out of nowhere is. Uh, yes, back back to that because album. If I was to describe it in one word, it would be powerful. Um, that's the way it feels to me. It just feels powerful in every yeah. way, and uh, you know, and that the title track is my favorite track. But tell me about the last song on the album, Susie. Yeah, well, that that was something. Uh, well, the, it's, the album is sort of dedicated to her. She was a friend of ours, a great friend of of, uh, of Bethany's. And uh, every time we played in England, Susie would be at the gigs with her husband, and uh, she'd always bring like cakes and whatever you know, British-made scones or whatever the fuck, a bit of everything. She always gave us a gift when we played, and she was there with her husband and. Uh, she died. She died, and uh, she died in his arms. And uh, I was on the phone to him like a week after it happened, and he was talking to me, and he told me exactly what happened. And what the lyric in the song where she, you know she smiled. <sighs> she smiled one last time, and that's what what he told me. He said, I was holding her, Graham, and she smiled at me, and then she was gone. And that's a line I put in the song. But it's for her, and, and, it's, and, and I thought, how can I do this to not sound heavy or just another silly song, you know, uh, this, uh, trying to be a heavy ballad? Okay, we're going to have no drums, going to have nothing like that. I thought of doing it with, like, um, a brass, uh, brass instruments. You know, and um, something like that. Then Conrad said to me, why don't we do it with cellos, you know, and strings? And this guy put this arrangement together. Uh, I, I fucking can't believe it. It's beautiful. I said, I just like the arrangement. Forget about the song. You know, I said, you can take the vocal off that. The arrangement is so damn good. But he played the arrangement to the song for Susie. It stops in just the perfect places. And it, says, and then she was gone. And every, it's, everything is all beautiful and they're all playing away. And then, then she was gone, and everything stopped and there's a silence. And then I come in with a high note on the very last verse. Because the rest of it, I'm singing right down them because I wasn't trying to sing. I was more or less trying to talk. It was, a, you know, I was speaking in an honest voice. And the very last verse, I go up there because this thing stops. Well, if you listen to it again, but you hear where the stops are, they're perfectly timed with my, the words that I'm singing. And it stops and pauses where I'm singing. And that's one stop. 
then she was gone. Then, then the high note comes in from me to the end. And then I say at the very end, uh, with the hands of an artist, she painted his world. Yeah, it was emotional to do. And I, could, I couldn't sing it again. I said to Conrad, I said, I'm very croaky. He said, no, we'll keep it. He said, the end, the end you're singing your high bits and all that. Yeah, but it was, it was in a lower register than it was too low for me, really. Because <laughs> I, I, I'd written the whole song in, in the octave. So it should have been like, it starts in a, on a B, but it should have been the octave, the high B above top C. That's how I wrote it. So, so it'd be, you know, recognizable high stuff, you know. And uh, he said, why don't you try to sing it down the octave and see what it sounds like? So that's what I did. And it's almost like speaking because a little too low for me. You know, but uh, then I come in at the end with the, the high stuff because there's that dramatic break in the strings. It's just, oh, yeah. It makes me sound great. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's remarkable. It's a remarkable yeah. song. And I, I think the fact that it's so different from the rest of the album yeah. really helps it because it just, it, it's such a, a kind of a hard left turn, but in a good way in that it makes you just stand up and pay attention to it and, yeah. and you know, in a whole other way. Yeah, well, thank you. I, actually, I'm, I'm croaking up now because I remember doing it. <clears throat> See, this is emotion. Yeah. It's well, not fake. No, and and you know what? You I, know? What I I love about it too is the fact that that it it humanizes your your voice in yeah. in that regard. Like like of course you're a human and you do have the human, but like when you're when you're when you pull back from the pounding. You know, yeah. in that one case, and it just and it's so different from you, and it, and it really tells us as fans what the song actually means to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> wow, it's, wonderful. Sorry, I'm just it's just got to me. I just remember talking on the phone to her husband. It was devastating, absolutely devastating. He could hardly speak. Graham, let me tell you, maybe so. His voice is all staggered, and and he told me what she what she did just before she passed away. She smiled at him, you know. And that just was. <laughs> yeah, uh, we all wish we could have that kind of dignity in the end. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, you know. it was quite yeah, yeah. quite remarkable, and uh, it had to be this uh, album sort of as partly decorated, you know, dedicated to her. And you so absolutely should be proud of of that song and yeah. the tribute well, you gave her because it's it's uh you know i it hit me i, I didn't 100 percent understand what it was but it just hit me emotionally uh mm -hmm. you know in, in a way that very few songs do mm -hmm. so now i'm getting emotional <laughs> well, you got it well you you got you've got the story now and now you know what i was trying to get across you know right yeah i really you know i didn't want to you know, be show off until the end, you know, then, then come in with the, the other gram. So just be semi speaking. You know, it's really low for me. You know, it's like singing in the bath key or something. You know, <laughs> it wasn't my key because, as I said, I wrote it up there, you know, in the higher register, but, but I sang it in the octave for the beginning. Anyway, thank you for uh, understanding that, uh, that song and, and saying something about it because I, I didn't think I would get anybody to say anything about that song 
because I was expecting people to say, um, you know, people who I've spoken to interviewed me, I expected them to say, why is that on this album? Shouldn't you have done an album, you know? But I've had two people, now you'll be the third persons, but actually, well, fourth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or am I seeing double? Uh, yeah, I've actually said something about that song and how they like it, which is incredible for so-called heavy rock fans, you know? It's really, it touches me you know, in a big way. Well, a, a great song always will stand up as a great song. And, you know, that's, and that's what's happened here. So thank you. Uh, it doesn't matter what, whether, whether it's heavy music or not. I mean, you know, I think, yeah. I think if you, if you know anything about music, you will recognize it as such. So. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I was going for. <laughs> yeah. Now then you've got to be, Got to do something nice for your friend who's passed. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And 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 I know that we appreciate you telling us the story. It means a lot to us for sure. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so I do want to ask. I know we're running out of time with you here, but like, uh, um, you know, how much music theory do you know? I mean, you talk about you talk about like guitar players always playing an E and stuff like that. Like, so how much how much did you did you know off the bat? And how much have you gained that knowledge throughout your career? Well, I've I, I done music theory. Forget it, you know. I, I taught myself, well, my cousin Trevor taught me how to play guitar. My cousin Trevor was, uh, he made uh, our first record back in 68, uh, the Bee Gees song, um, Only One Woman. And uh, Trevor taught me all the chords I know. And now I've added a few more myself <laughs> over the years. <laughs> but I, I, I can't read read music, but my cousin Trevor could. He was, he wrote a book called The Cage, which is about the guitar, you know, the frets and the and the strings. And it's called The Cage, and it's really heavy to read. I I couldn't I don't understand what the fuck it's all about. I mean, it's really heavy. It's like you know, very uh, progressive and whatever, taking guitar playing to another world. And my cousin Trev, he died about five years ago. He was found in his um apartments in London, and they don't know exactly what happened. His body was decomposing, and he was all alone uh, in, his, in his bed. And uh, one of my friends called me up and they said, I'm, we're, we're getting the police to come and knock the door down. That's what happened. He called me and let me know what was happening. Because I tried to get in touch with Trevor, and uh, I, I don't know what happened. You know, I emailed and all the rest of it. I phoned him. Nothing. And... Uh, Trevor was really the guy who introduced me to the Bee Gees and got me started. Because Trevor was the singer with the Bee Gees and guitar player. I think I've told you this before, right? Have I told you this before? Um, no, I don't think we talked about it now, last Trevor time. Was in, he was in the Bee Gees when he lived in Australia. It was Trevor Gordon and the Bee Gees. And um, the Bee Gees moved from Australia to England. And my cousin Trevor stayed in Australia. Then when my cousin moved over, he came and lived with me and my mum and dad. And um, we went down to London with my, our little garage band, tried to get a gig. And what happened was uh, in the audience was uh, the Bee Gees old manager from Australia. And he came up to my cousin Trevor and said, Trevor, I'm sure that uh, Barry Roman and Morris would like to talk to you after all these years. And he gave him his phone number, Barry's phone number. And uh, Trevor went over the next day and saw Barry. And he said he was had a great time, and he came home uh, back to where we were living in Wembley in London. Came back home, and he said to me, he said, um, 
I said to them that you sing too, Graham. I said, do you want to go up there? And I said, really? So <laughs> the night, next day we're sitting there in uh, Robert Stigwood's uh, uh, townhouse, I, I guess you would call it. And um, I'm sitting with the Bee Gees. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 What's happening here? And uh, I had a, they gave me a guitar. They had guitars, Morris and, and uh, Barry. And... Um, and we just started singing songs and doing Stevie Wonder songs and Beach Boys songs and uh, Beatles songs, of course. And um, next thing was uh, Robert Stigwood said, Barry, do you have a song for these boys? And we're in the studio before we knew it. You know? So my cousin really started my career through the, BG, through the connection with the Bee Gees. It's kind of weird. But if he hadn't known them since he was a 10-year-old or whatever, I would never be, I wouldn't be doing this, you know. And, and through, through that one song, I got a job with Rainbow because they wondered where that guy had gone who sang that song. It was called Only One Woman. And uh, uh, they were playing, uh, you know, Spot the Tune at the Chateau where they were rehearsing and, uh, and auditioning singers. And they were, uh, somebody, uh, I think Richie said, where's this guy now that's singing this song? And Roger Glover just happened to be working with one of my friends in England with the... Uh, Mickey Moody, the guitar player, and Mickey Moody gave him my phone number and I went over to, to um, audition for Rainbow. All this is because of my cousin and that bloody song. <laughs> yeah. That bloody song. Yeah. I mean, if it, as I said, if it wasn't for my cousin, then the Bee Gees thing, then Rainbow, I, I wouldn't be here. You know, I would never have joined Rainbow, I don't think. I don't know. Who knows? Unbelievable, though, the, the turn of events, like just the little things yeah. that, that, you know, yeah. have to fall into place for that to happen. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, by stroke of luck, the BG's ex-manager was sitting in the fucking audience. <laughs> yeah. And we're playing in this really nice club, actually, in London. And, uh, yeah, from there, the domino effect. He was like, what the fuck? And then Richie just happens to like Only One Woman, the song uh, Trevor and I did. And he also liked the album I did as well. Um, there's a track on there like "Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow?" That track on one of my solo albums. He liked that very much, and uh, he said, "Where is this guy?" So the rest is history. I went over there, auditioned, and got the job. And uh, I'm very grateful to Richard. Always will be. You know? He said, "This guy can sing heavy metal, even though he's not singing heavy metal." Hey, I said, "He said this guy can sing heavy metal, even though he's Who not did? singing heavy metal." He's not singing heavy. What do you mean? Well, you weren't really singing heavy metal before Rainbow, really, you know? Oh, no, you? no, no, yeah. not at all. But it was the same voice. Yeah. I used the same strength and the same notes. You know, that's, um, you know, the, the high uh, C sharp, the high C sharp, I say, only one woman, was a note that would be used many times in the future. <laughs> and probably a D. It was a D too. There was never an E. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> we, don't, we don't go for E's. No, I mean, it, it's... Um, they obviously wanted somebody who could sing high and powerful or whatever. And uh, that's uh, the song was called Mistreated. I uh, auditioned uh, for Rainbow with. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, Richie. Thanks, all of them. You know, I, I wish I'd stayed a bit longer with Rainbow. I really do. But things change and Cozy left and it wasn't the same. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, of course, Richie's such an amazing player as well. I mean, there's yeah, like, 
I mean, I talk about another guitar player that you just know who they are from from even just a few, you know, a few notes yeah. practically. Yeah, he's very identifiable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's no question that you've been blessed to work with, um, you know, some amazing, amazing people in your career. But I'm also just so happy that that you're still releasing incredible music at this point in your career. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I hope a lot of people think the way you are. <laughs> I hope a million people think your way. You know, because it'd be very nice to go on stage one night and not play any Rainbow as much as I love Rainbow. Just play some new stuff that uh, we wrote, you know. But I know I'm always going to have to play Since You've Been Gone and All Night Long. I know that. And Lost in Hollywood. That's always <laughs> a good, that's a great show ender. It always is, you know. I love those songs anyway. But um, it'd be nice to do more of the new stuff. But people always want to hear the old stuff because they can sing with it. They sing along with it, you know, karaoke. Yeah. People like to do that. You know, you go to a concert, I don't know this one. I go, what's this song? I remember going to uh, see Sting in uh, Australia, you know, and uh, he was going through his like jazzy time or whatever it was, you know, Sting plays, what are we doing? It's, and it was fucking, it was so boring. I mean, it really was boring. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love him as a musician. He's great. But these songs, I didn't know them, neither did the audience. And you can see these kids with their, you know, with their police, you know, um, T-shirts on, and they're all turning around at each other. They were leaving. They were leaving the place. It was an outdoor thing at the cricket ground in Australia. And they were leaving the show. And then all of a sudden he goes, Roxanne. It was Roxanne. And everybody came back. Roxanne was waiting for that. And all, all the ones that he did with police, as long as he did with police, that's when he got his audience back. That's what's a bit worrying about doing new stuff. You know, you mm -hmm. never know if people have really listened to the new stuff at all. You know, yeah, so. but it would be nice to do that, play some new songs. But I know that we're going to have to play a lot of oldies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I guess, and that is super hard. But like, especially when you have to put together a set list, and like you said, two and a half hours. You've, you're, you're, you're putting. You've got a lot of time to put. You've got a lot of music to put in there. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Way too much, and that's what I'm saying. We did way too much. We've been overworked. You know, there was no, I had no time off stage at all. We did, did no keyboard solo, no drum solo, no bass solo, no nothing solo. It was all just me, bash, 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 song after song after song. And it did me in. I was weak as a fucking kitten. It wore me out. And uh, that's why I decided this is not right. It's just stupid what we're doing here. And I wasn't enjoying the, the lack of musicianship in the band anyway. You know, they weren't very good. Mm -hmm. yep. We had two or three guitar players and we're okay, but then we ended up with this other guy who plays like Ingve, but just copies Ingve, and that's all he can do and plays everything you fucking need. You know. So E <laughs> It's in E, what key is it? In? It's in E. I, I just remember sitting with the, all of them in, in um before I decided to get out of there. Um sitting in the hotel room and say, oh we've got some new riffs. Oh, crap, really? Guitar riffs. I'm listening to them. I pick up my guitar riff. But they're all in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I knew they were, but I had to pick up my guitar just to make sure, you know. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad that I'm out of that. And uh, I hope we get, um, we win this case, you know. If they want to use the name Alcatraz, they can. 
but I still want to be want to use it because it's my band, you know. Use Graham Bonnet's Alcatraz, you know, which is fair. They can use it. I don't mind them using their fucking name. People won't be very happy when they see their their band. Mm-hmm. I know, <laughs> I know for sure. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen heard anything from that album, but oh dear. No, I didn't. I didn't want to listen to it to be honest no, with you. In that regard, yeah. no. I saw. I saw. I heard one one song, and it was old fashioned. You know, uh, sort of old fashioned Ronnie D. Ronnie Dio song, you know, like "Man on the Silver Mountain" sort of thing. That kind of content. I'm not saying that's bad. That was of a different time, for Christ's sake. But it was something. I would like to write about what's happening now if I can, you know. But it was it was like, you know, and uh, the singer tries to sing like one and it's I don't know why, I, I don't get it. It's uh, it's a shame. But uh, I'm out of that. And I just hope we win the, you know, it'd be nice if I could kick them out of it so they can't use it at all. But I'm not that mean. I don't care if they use it, you know, use the name. That's okay with me. As long as I can use it, but with my name in front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Well, I know we hope you win the case too. You know, so because yeah, absolutely. because absolutely, like uh, you know, yeah. I, no question. If I if I saw Alcatraz versus Graham Bonnet's Alcatraz, I know where I'm going. Yeah, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it's like the Beach Boys. You know, I love the Beach Boys. You should probably know. I you know it's um. Mike loves Beach Boys and, you know, whoever else is Beach Boys. I always wanted to go to the Dennis Wilson Beach Boys, which I saw, which I was lucky enough to see in Australia, of all places. But when he did that, um, you know, that Love album, it's fantastic. Um, Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's funny because we got to see we saw I saw the the Beach Boys um, reunion the uh, the anniversary reunion and then we saw Brian Wilson just uh, about a year and a half afterwards and yeah. and it was amazing. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Beach Boys and like oh, everything fun. that that they've done, like Brian Wilson and and like his contributions to music are just you know staggering. Oh, he's amazing! He really is. I mean, I remember seeing that. Um... That show of, of uh, Brian Wilson he did in Australia. I came out of there with goosebumps and, and thinking, what did I just see? <laughs> you know, it was like I'd seen the most amazing movie in my life or something, or something terrible happened. Or, but it was, I, I had goosebumps, literally. I came out of there and I said to my friend Rocky, I said, what the fuck was that? You know, and he went, <laughs> you're not fucking kidding. Because it was bloody amazing, absolutely amazing. You know, he sings that song, Vegetables. I'm going to dig round my vegetables. And he's got all the, the band crunchy on carrots. He's just like so fucking stupid. <laughs> but, but wow, you know, God only, then God only knows comes. When that's played, that fucking does me in. God only knows it. Most beautiful song ever. It really is. Yeah. Well, and then, and then we were lucky to see Blondie Chaplin with him as well. So doing Sail yeah. on Sailor. And I mean, you know, again, yeah. like these songs are just... A, it, they're they're not from like some of them are not from the highest period of the Beach Boys, but but their emotional content and just the the vocal lines are amazing. Yeah, that Hol- Holland that album. Yes, Holland and uh, Surfs Up. That's another one. A, a song called Disney Girls. You know that one? Yeah, it's beautiful. Disney Girls. I love that song. I was singing it the other day to myself. Nobody was listening. <laughs> 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 yeah, but I I just. You know, if it, 
if I, I've never met uh, Brian Wilson, but it's somebody I'd love to to meet, and I, I'd love to be part of his songwriting or something, be part of what he does, you know, because that's uh, he's so inventive. He was just, he's not like anybody. Mm-hmm. He's not following any trend or anything. He's just Brian Wilson, you know, and he writes amazing music. Really yeah, does. for sure. Yeah, yeah it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, and I and I keep up with everything, all things Wrecking Crew as well, because of course they yeah. recorded so many of yeah. of the Brian Wilson stuff, and it's just yeah. like again, just just the musicianship and the ability to be able to do the things that they do, uh, staggering. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fucking amazing. I saw, I saw that movie about him. Um, it wasn't very good, but uh, it, it was not a documentary, but it was a, kind of good <laughs> because I knew. In one part, he goes past these timps, timpani drums, you know, and he goes boom, 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 and that's the beginning of one of the songs. I forgot what the song's called, but it's the beginning of one of the songs. But he just had this, the actor that was playing him just happens to go past these drums. He goes boom, 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 you know, just the intro to a song that was later to be recorded. And it was like an in. If you know the Beach Boys, it's a little in-joke sort of thing, you know. I know all those little bits. That, uh, it's, just, it's just crazy, the guy, you know. Vegetables, what a silly song that is, you know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I have all the crunching carrots, but it worked perfectly. Pretty great. And as I said, when God Only Knows plays, oh, my God, that really, whoo, yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, Graham, I... I... We've we've taken so much of your time, and I know we super appreciate you spending this time with us. I've had an amazing time, and uh, and I want to give you the chance to tell everybody how they can keep up with you and where they can find your new album. Oh, it's on. Uh, oh God, what is it? it's Graham Bonnet's band dot com. And you know, I don't know what it is. Or wait a minute, I'll have to look. Well, Facebook is Graham Bonnet Music. That's it. That's the one. Grand, grand Bonnet Music. So that's where I have to go to. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you. There, there are other addresses, but I can't, th- I can't think what they are because I don't deal with that. So I, just have to, I just have to thank you for this interview. It's, uh, I appreciate your candor and your honesty. And well, I just thank you for being you. Well, thank you for saying that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I feel like bowing down or something. <laughs> I, I, I anoint you, Sir Bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> the dog's sword comes out. It's how that you're going to cut my fucking head off. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, if we were going to create a musical Knights of the Round Table, then uh, you, sir, would be on it. And uh, oh, well, thank and, you. <laughs> and it's it, like I say, it's been wonderful. Um, Day out in nowhere is great. I urge everybody to go out and listen to it and buy it and watch the music videos because they're also really, really good, and they bring a lot. They bring a lot to the music. So. Yeah, they're not bad. I agree. Thank you. So, Graham, uh, once again, thank you so much for coming on. We look forward to speaking to you again in the future, and uh, and we wish you nothing but the best. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, anytime, anytime. I'm here. You know where I am. Awesome. I'm in this house. I'm trapped <laughs> like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, no doubt. I mean, then, then let's talk some more music sometime. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. All right. Bye thank now. You. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for everything. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you again. This is me leaving. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See you.